Welcome to another Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. This show was created to put your skepticism of the unknown to rest and to make spiritual sense. Today on Go Beyond the Veil, we are delighted to have Vedic astrologer Ramdas Bill Sinclair. Ramdas Bill began studying Vedic astrology in 2002 with Ronnie Dreyer and continues his studies under the guidance of Kumila Sutton. He holds a level one Jyotisha Ratna, beginning Jyotisha certification from the American College of Vedic Astrology. He was also awarded the Jyotish Shastri Diploma from Kumila Academy of Vedic Studies in India. In 2019, Ramdas Bill joined the steering committee of the American College of Vedic Astrology and also serves as a faculty member. He has a Master's of Social Work degree from NYU and maintains a private therapy practice here in Seattle, Washington. Not only has Ramdas Bill been lecturing and teaching since 2013, but also he was a presenter at the United Astrology Conference, or the UAC, in 2018. He is also a frequent lecturer at the Fresh Talents of Jyotish Conferences in India and San Francisco, British Association of Vedic Astrology, or BAVA, in London, Sedona Vedic Astrology, SVA, Conference in Sedona, as well as the annual Jyotish and Vedic Conferences at Sivananda Yoga Farm in Grass Valley, California. And just last year in 2020, Ramdas Bill began tutoring astrology students and offering online, live, interactive, instructor-led Vedic astrology courses. Astrology is the science of the effects of planetary movements on our lives. It's based on astronomy, and astrologers need to know the correct positions of the planets among the fixed stars at any given time, as well as the correct positions of the zodiacal fixed star signs in relation to any place on Earth at any given time. Once the correct positions of the signs and planets are known, astrologers can construct charts representing these positions. Using their knowledge, the astrologer can study the charts and make a wide range of conclusions about the moment the chart was cast for. Vedic astrology has been practiced for thousands of years. The earliest writings can be found in the Vedas, the ancient spiritual text of the Hindus, and the oldest books in existence, written 5,000 to 8,000 years ago. Its Indian name is Jyotish, which means science of light, because it is the science of observing the celestial bodies that reflect their energy and light upon the world. The basic premise of this astrology is that all things are linked. Your karma is determined by a predestined cosmic design. You are a soul incarnating in a body at a very specific time and place, and your life is a reflection of the greater whole into which you were born. Well, this sounds like it's going to be an exciting show, so everyone stick around. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial, designed for your rugged skin. A deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A. SkinAndMind.com 
Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskininmind.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H dot com. Welcome back to this episode of Love from the Hip Presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. Join us here on KKNW every second Wednesday of each month. Also join us every second Sunday at noon on KBKW as we try to put your skepticism to rest and make spiritual sense. Today we have the pleasure of having Vedic astrologer Ramdas Bill Sinclair on our show. Hi, Ramdas Bill. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great. Well, let's jump right in. You, um, you know, Secure gave you a little bit of intro, but I'm just wondering how long you've been doing Vedic astrology for. So I started studying um, in 2001, I think, right after, well, in 2002, right after 9-11. I was in New York in 9-11, and right after that, I realized I didn't have any way to help anyone with my life skills. So I thought, I need to figure out some way that I can learn something that helps people. So that's when I started studying, and I just kind of haven't stopped ever since then. That's great. And I'm wondering, how would you define Vedic astrology? Vedic astrology is um, a way to understand the energy that is manifesting or maturing in your life, in the life of your relationships, your country, and actually in the world. So it's really a lot about understanding what lessons are coming forward for you at a specific time. So can you explain for our listeners what's happening on a physical level or through the lens of science? Yes. So basically, like you mentioned in the introduction, this is an, an ancient science over 5,000 years. So you have to think 5,000 years ago, no TV, no social media, no screens. So every night people would do their daily work. They would come and in the evening in the Northern Hemisphere, especially in India, the Middle East, you would sit outside because it was cooler. And what they would do is they would watch the stars. 
And of course they noticed the moon and they noticed how it changed. And then they started to notice that there were some of the stars, especially in the Southern hemisphere, in the Southern area of the sky that twinkled and some that were solid. And those solid um, objects that didn't twinkle are what we know as the planets. And they noticed that they moved in an orderly fashion across the sky. So through this, they realized that when this solid planet that had kind of a red color, what we would call Mars today, was in a particular group of stars, they started to notice certain things would happen in different, you know, news of the day, people in the village, you know, things like that. So this is really all based on thousands and thousands of years of observation that has been built up. And so this is why we have the signs in the zodiac are a division of that band of stars. So there's like 12 divisions there. And then they, they have the, the planets that went by that they watched as they moved through the sky. Got it. So am I right in thinking that each of those configurations has a certain energy signature and that energy signature is what's affecting us? Yes, because the ancient people understood that everything in the universe was interrelated. And so those stars were distant suns that were emitting energy. And together, they noticed that they had a certain energetic pattern. And then they would notice these solid objects, the planets, also had a certain energy. And so as they move through the different constellations, they would either strengthen the planet or it would be more stressed out. So this is the, the fundamental core of astrological interpretation. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for breaking that down. So aside from being older than Western astrology, how else is Vedic astrology different? Well, we um, actually calculate the placement, um, the beginning of the zodiac differently. So in Vedic astrology, we use what's called sidereal astrology, which means that the planet, if we say a planet is in the sign of Taurus, if you look in the sky and you find the constellation of Taurus, you will find that planet sitting in front of that constellation. In Western astrology, some of the cultures, you know, over time, it used to be they both, the both systems lined up. But over time, because the earth doesn't quite make it all the way around the sun in exact, um, the exact amount of time that we call a year, it started to drift apart. So some cultures started to define zero degrees of Aries based on the earth's position to the, towards the sun. So that is why we have sidereal astrology and tropical astrology. And so Western is tropical and um, Vedic astrology is the actual placement of the stars against the constellations. Now, is one more accurate than the other? Well, you know, I, I think both systems can work and it just depends on the astrologer. It's best to not mix systems. They are separate, you know, practices. I know many Western astrologers that get really excellent results and they really can explain things differently. Uh, the other thing is, is that in Vedic astrology, we don't use Uranus, Neptune, or Pluto, or Chiron, or a lot of these other outer planets. We really only use the planets up to Saturn. 
Hmm. So, um, but many of the attributes, all the attributes are represented in both systems. So if you stick with one system and study it diligently, it will work very well for you. Okay. And now, yeah. is there also homework in Vedic astrology? <laughs> I like that you said it that way. <laughs> because, yes, part of um, a Vedic reading and the duty of the astrologer is to bring up, of course, the person's strengths, but to also mention any challenges or obstacles that may be coming up that are shown in the energy that's manifesting in the chart. But we never give an obstacle without discussing with the client a remedy, a way to cope with this, and a way to understand it so that they get the, the understanding that's intended in the lesson. They just shouldn't feel defeated. They shouldn't feel frightened. They should feel like, oh, this is going to be coming up, and I know what I can do that fits my lifestyle to help me manage that difficult transition. Okay. I'm, I'm curious. And so how accurate can those readings be? Because you're reading an energy, you're reading a probability, but I've had many readings and it's somewhat scary how accurate they are. And so I'm kind of curious, how does that work? <laughs> well, a lot of, it depends on what we're seeing. There are varying degrees, but here's a great example. With, if you happen to have a solar eclipse on your birthday, what that means is that the sun, the most powerful planet, is right back in the same degree of the day you were born. And there's an eclipse on that degree. So if your birthday was, is December 21st, last year there was a total solar eclipse on December 21st. And so, I, no, I'm giving the wrong date. It was December 14th. It was the day the Electoral College met. That means that in the next year or so, your life will undergo a very significant change. And this actually has happened in my life. The first solar eclipse was on uh, my 19th birthday. And as luck was, as it turned out, it was the day my father passed away. And the sun represents the father. Hmm. So it can be very specific sometimes. And, you know, it doesn't help ease the pain. And I would never predict that in anyone else's chart. But you can look and see how your life will change. And sometimes it takes a year or two. So if you're not aware of astrology, you wouldn't necessarily see the change. But when you're aware of it and you know that point is going to be hot for two years, let's say, you will start to see the change. And that way you can participate more fully in shaping the outcome. I'm so curious and I have so many questions, <laughs> but, but I guess I'm wondering, so there's an energy that's going to create a probability of change, right? Yes. And so, oh, well, I'll, I'll let Are you going to ask about yeah, free will? I, yeah. Well, no, we'll get, we'll get to that later. <laughs> well, so would you say that Vedic astrology is a system for telling the future or more to learn about our individual selves? Well, this is um, a very, there are it can do both. Um, there are astrologers, especially in India, that are very keen on prediction. And there's some great predictive astrologers here in the US as well. Mm -hmm. I tend to use this, and maybe this is because of my social work training. I'm much more interested in, in helping people to cope with the change, to, to discuss the change that's coming 
and um, help them feel equipped to do it. So I use it as a more of a tool of hopefully self-discovery and because because then you're armed and there's stuff you can do and there's things that you learn about yourself and others mm. then you're more equipped to handle these obstacles however sometimes you can see things are going to be this is going to be a time of rapid change and you can usually get some pretty good ideas as to the area but the thing is is and this is what i think you just alluded to we can't say 100 for sure what's going to happen because we all have free will. Mm -hmm. And if we take, if we make certain choices, it will change the ultimate outcome. You know, it can sway the details of what comes about, but still the, the, the major theme will remain the same. So it can change the depth as to how it affects us. Right. Okay. Right. That makes like sense. you choose to cope with, um, I don't know, if you choose to cope by sleeping all day, then it's probably not going to help get the thing resolved so much, you know? So <laughs> just depends. Yeah, so you're almost predicting the pieces that are going to be on the board, not necessarily the outcome, because that's where free will comes in. Yes, that's right. And this is how my training has been, and this is how I find it more helpful. I think the meanest thing you could do to someone is tell them they're going to win the lottery in five years. <laughs> because then they live in agony for five years, you know? So that's my choice of how I use my training. Or they spend all their money and then they're broke. Yeah. The five years. Exactly. And then they blame you. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> and then somehow they're in a car accident and can't get to the store today to buy the, the Gosh, lottery. Gosh, this, this poor person. <laughs> Let's call them Tim. Um, uh, so is Vedic astrology part of a larger system of health and wellness? And how so? It is. This, the interesting thing about the Vedic knowledge is it covered all areas of life and includes um, the classic texts, even like the Kama Sutra, which we all know about. But the Kama Sutra is really a treatise on how to live, um, how to maintain your home, all these rituals. It includes the famous sexual information that people are always into. But that's really how to partner, how to maintain a marriage. But so, so Vedic astrology is partnered with Ayurveda, which many people may know is the sister science of health and wellness. And it also is paired up with yoga. So for instance, like in, the, in yoga, when you do a sun salutation, that's actually a remedy for the planet sun in your chart. Hmm. So the yoga postures and asanas and the breathing, all that ties in to these are remedies we often give for problems that are arising in the chart. Okay. Got it. So almost also more preventative lifestyle and system, right? Yes. And can you talk about uh, what you mentioned in terms of um, seeing Vedic astrologers more consistently in that culture? Yeah, because in, in the ancient times, and even of today in India, most Indian families who follow astrology have an, a family astrologer. And so this is like we think of our general, well, what used to be our general practitioner that would know the whole family, that would take care of everything. And so often the astrologer would work in conjunction with the family priest, you know, and they would arrange ceremonies and you would consult with them on a regular basis. And so this was, you know, in the village astrologer, especially there's one astrologer for the whole village. 
So he knew everything that was going on with everyone. And so this, he used this to help inform his counsel and remedies and things like that. Got it. So can you explain more about K2 and Rahu and why they are so significant in Vedic astrology? Sure. So these are two shadow points. In, in Western astrology, they are called um, the North Node, what we call Rahu, and the South Node, what we call K2. But they have a very unique role in Vedic astrology because while all the planets indicate karmas that are maturing in your chart, these two um, points in space are always 180 degrees apart. And what they really show is the karmic path through this life. So K2 shows lessons you're carrying over from your past life. And Rahu shows you where you're going to progress in this life. So Rahu is the lessons that are becoming into your life. And this is just at the birth chart. So we should say that also we study the moment of birth as the beginning, like the imprint of the karma you're going to have. But then we watch the transits as they continue to move through the chart. And that's one of the things that tells us when certain things are likely to happen. Okay. And now you had also said that the chart spans how many years? Well, in the Vedic system, the first um, life expectancy, I mean, like a full life is 120 years. So when we draw up a chart, it usually gives us the first 120 years of, of planetary periods when certain planets turn on and turn off. Okay. And then, yeah. so is this how personalities are formed or how do we think about personality and astrology coexisting? This is a fantastic point. So... <laughs> On the moment, at your very moment of birth, we look to the eastern horizon and whatever astrological sign is rising on the eastern horizon, because all the energy comes from the east because the earth is turning into in the eastern direction, it comes into that sign is what we take as the most important descriptor of the person. And in Western astrology, they take the placement of what sign the sun is in. But the sun's in a sign for 30 days, whereas in Vedic astrology, this, the rising sign, the sign on the horizon, changes every two hours. So this explains how two people born on the same day in the same place in different times can be completely different personalities. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, how about karma? I know it plays a big part in Vedic astrology. How would you define karma uh, and how does it fit in? So the role of the planets, we link them, they all have a certain personality and the signs have a certain energy and those combine to um, influence like the mood a planet is in, in your chart. And based on reading that, we can say Mars is going to be difficult in this chart. So this person is going to have anger issues. So that's kind of how we start to decode the chart. But karma itself just means action. But for every action, there is a reaction. And so we take, you know, it's like the saying, you reap what you sow. So when you do good things for other people, good things will come back to you. If you're callous or unkind to other people, 
we believe that then you have to pay that back by experiencing unkind things to happen to you. So the trick to karma is to understand that the planets are going to be bringing you these experiences, but by knowing that they are repercussions of our past actions and that how we react now determines our future experiences, we can begin to change the karma that comes to us. And this is a major concept of understanding your chart hmm. so that you can improve your future experiences by acting in a way that you would like to be treated, which okay. is really the core of it. And do you believe that we choose the time and location to come in so we are set up to deal with that karma? I do. And um, many people believe this because you think of every action you take in a day, you can't possibly receive all those um, reactions back. So there's a storehouse of unmanifest karma that is stored in the mental plane of our body between lifetimes. And so I think once you finish up this lifetime, you go into what's called in the Buddhist tradition, the bardo, mm -hmm. and you stay there and you say, okay, what are the karma that's due for me? Okay, I'm gonna take these karmas in and based on these karmas, that means I will be born at this moment that reflects the karmas I'm gonna be working on. And so the child is born exactly at the moment when his karmic imprint matches the constant the arrangement of the planets in the sky it's like checking books out of the library it is <laughs> well with that we're going to take another break but everyone stick around for more go beyond the veil Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits, leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck 
realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. Welcome back to another Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. Don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook as well as Instagram and check out our podcast on SoundCloud. Today we have the pleasure of having Vedic astrologer Ramdas Bill Sinclair on our show. So Ramdas, before the break, you were talking about karma and how it relates to Vedic astrology. Now, is karma good or bad? Karma is. That's what I like to say. <laughs> so it's things, neutral. Things are going to come back. Right. We're just getting um, the return of the action that we took. Mm-hmm. The question is, is that sometimes we like to say, oh, that was so easy, so I did that. And then when difficulties come up, you say, they're doing that to me. Right. That's the wrong way to look at it. The way to look at it is just because then you get into this, you you keep continuing the karma by putting by fighting it. Right. So you just let it come up like waves on the shore. It just comes back into you. You observe it. You take the appropriate response to whatever happens, and it goes away from you again. Okay. That's a much more equal-minded way to do it, and it will be much more peaceful for you as you go through the inevitable ups and downs of life. All right. So in a reading, can you read for a couple's karma? Oh, yes, you can. Um, And this is one of the ways, and this is what's unique about Vedic astrology. It's been in continuous use for like 5,000 years in India. And one of the most popular ways to use it is to match charts. So what you do is you look at this person's karma around relationships and specifically marriage, and you look at the partner's chart of relationship, marriage, karma. And then you can compare the two and say, well, these people are, this this couple is going to match on these levels, you know, but this person has this challenge with a marriage. And guess what? That's okay because this other person will be able to handle that. Hmm. So it's really conditioning. It's like matching the characteristics. Okay. And now what about a country? Can a country have karma? Yes. As we're all living through right now in the United States, there's a karma (laughs) 
there's certain lessons that come back because when a country is founded, it, it's given a birth chart. So we can look at a corporation birth chart, a country's birth chart and things like that. Hmm. And we also have a global karma. And this is, we study the transits where the planets are moving right now, especially the outer planets, the bigger, slower moving planets. And they'll give us the influence that's affecting the entire globe. Okay. So what was our karma with COVID? Well, <laughs> so, the short answer, please. <laughs> yes, there's lots of stuff going on. But, Primarily what it was is that Rahu and Ketu came into their strongest signs. Rahu is strongest in Gemini, is second strongest in Gemini, and most strong in Taurus. And so this is where, when he came into um, Gemini, Rahu and Ketu were there. Ketu indicates viruses. And what happened is, you know, people argue this, but I think we have reached a point in our development as a species where our technology is outstripping our ability to use it safely. Mm. And so the planet has a consciousness. And of course, the consciousness arose and this virus came out of it. And so it's actually, I mean, it's kind of fighting back. And so we have to learn how to work in cooperation with nature. Amen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, this is, it's, it's a very real thing. And it also, it's very interesting. It was a very complex year, 2020, because we had lots of retrogrades. We had lots of very unusual occurrences happening all at once. And this is what made this very chaotic year. It's a great thing to think about prediction because all the astrologers were looking at it saying like, wow, this is going to be tough. <laughs> but one of the other things is a lot of planets were in their own signs, which makes them very strong. So we think, well, but these good planets are in their own sign. The difficulty is, is when everyone is strong in the room, no one listens. So it all kind of came together into this very unique mix that's all about significant, sustainable change. Like we're never going back. We have to go forward. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about what's on the horizon for this year. Yes. So <laughs> here, the good news is, unlike last year when when like five, you know, or six of the planets that could retrograde were retrograde all at once, which just means chaos. This year we only have um Mercury going retrograde three times this year, which is very standard. He's retrograde right now until February 21st, which is what's giving us computer issues, things like that. Mm, yeah. Yep, feeling that. And then, and then we'll have Saturn and Jupiter. These are the planets that always retrograde every year, but they won't stack up at all at once. So it's nice because we'll have one area that's kind of emphasizing and working out, you know, some energy. But the major theme for this year is the sign of Capricorn because Saturn and Jupiter and right now five other planets are all in the sign of Capricorn. So this is the energy that's going to dominate the year. And Capricorn is all about learning to um, 
to learning to cooperate with the higher mind of the cosmos. And so this is about championing the everyday people against elites and people in power. So it's time to rebalance the scales. Things have gone too far. Uh, Saturn only comes here every 30 years. So when he comes into these signs, he owns Saturn, he owns Capricorn and Aquarius. So we, in 2020, we've entered a five-year cycle of change where Saturn is going to be restoring a better equilibrium in all of the societies around the world. So this is what we see as a major theme for 2020. And it's echoed on three different levels of the transits, which is really unusual. So I think we're looking at significant change. Is there anything specific for the U.S. or is that pretty much the same? Well, that's globally. For the U.S., we are in, uh, Rahu is running our chart right now. And that started around uh, 2015. So we're in an 18-year cycle where Rahu will run the chart. And so Rahu is going to bring us into, we're first of all having to pay back our karmic debts of the last 120 years or more. And we're being called to make significant change. Um, also, Gemini, Rahu, sorry, Capricorn is where Saturn and Jupiter are both seated. The last time they were there was 1961. And we see a return of these issues in the United States, especially about social justice for, you know, based on minorities, based on all by races, by gender, by all those things. We're going to be taking the next steps forward over the next five years in those areas. Got it. (laughs) Well, with that, we're going to take another break, but everyone stick around for more Go Beyond the Veil. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Did you know that there's power in the number three? Not only is it the number that our brains remember best, it's also the triad, as it contains a beginning, a middle, and an end. So it represents wholeness. What better way to absorb information than from the power of three? Coaches Sakura Sutter, Rory Reich, and Brenda Reese on the Conscious Coaching Hour. This brand new live show airs the fourth Wednesday of every month from 2 to 3 p.m. These three intuitive and transformational coaches will reveal their own life experiences, share candid conversations, and offer up advice using their individual spiritual gifts, intuition, and intellect to help you overcome the challenges you may be facing in life. No matter where you are, the Conscious Coaching Hour will meet you there and shed light on the things that matter most to help awaken your intuition and inner coach and to help you live your best life. 
Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Welcome back to another Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. Today, we have the pleasure of having Vedic astrologer Ramdas Bill Sinclair on our show. So Ramdas, before the break, you were talking about the upcoming events. So how can we prepare for those? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because I think the best thing in annual transits we can do is to understand the the message. And so the message for this year, in my estimation, is that we have to compare what we think we want with what we're actually producing. So are we aligning in our own lives um, our values and what we value with the actions that we're taking? So it's time to address these disconnects. So, you know, if we're like, I don't know, uh, you know, like, do we, are we being responsible to other citizens, you know? So we may value sustainability, but are we recycling? Things like that. And if you're really wanting something strongly in your life, look and say, well, am I going about this in the right way, the most ethical, correct way? And am I putting in the effort to really obtain these things? Got it. So living our values. Exactly. This is a loaded question. So do your best. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm curious, you know, about karma and I guess in the, in the evolution of a, of a human being, like, is there an, is there an end to this process? Um, Yes, there is an end to this process. In the Vedas and in yoga, the idea here is this whole human existence is um, at one phase in many, many phases. So you have to realize that we are all eternal beings. And what eternal means is it always has been and always will be. So it's considered a huge and fortunate blessing to have achieved a state of development of your mind that you achieve the human form. Because the human form is specifically designed to advance the soul into a higher conscious plane. You can think of it like we all go through puberty in our physical body. Eventually, after thousands and thousands of lifetimes, we go through a spiritual puberty where our consciousness goes to the next level. So traditions call this moksha, liberation, you know, different things like that. But it's when our individual mind that we live trapped in now merges with the all-knowing mind. And that is this stage of consciousness. Once you get to that stage where you are connected to all-knowing, people who know better than I say, then the work begins. So we're always evolving. We're always going to different planes. 
So are, are we in kindergarten or are we in high school right now? <laughs> I'm in college. I don't know what you're no, talking about. I think we may be in high school. Uh, it feels like high school. <laughs> yes. So is that something that you see in the chart then for a reading with someone? I mean, there are certain indications that your life is is aimed at um, either a, this life is more based in developing yourself versus developing interactions with others or doing what I call like transpersonal work where you're working on those higher um, beyond individual goals and relationships. So we can see that. Okay. Um, we never know when you're going to achieve moksha. However, there are great souls that have achieved this and are teachers and have come back. And you can look at their charts and understand um, how these configurations worked that they were in a very advanced being. They're very, very rare, hmm. you know. So yeah. going off that, can you see uh, past lives in, in the charts? We do see traces of past lives in um, the uh, position of K2 because it shows, you know, what most likely we were carried over. There's also some of the lunar zodiac that we have that relates to the last three lives. And not only do we have the birth chart, but we have subdivisions of the birth chart. And some of them, the D12, will also show characteristics of your last life. This is often used, I use it more in like looking at relationships and some people they will meet and it's like a, a um, past life marriage. You know, they'll just connect and it fits. Hmm. I have one client that has an exalted son with K2. And when I said to her, you were a king in the last life, she says it changed the way she saw her whole life. Interesting. You know, so yeah, we do have shadows of that. Um, yeah, that we can look at. So what are the most common reasons for getting a Vedic astrology reading and how often should one get a reading? Well, I think it's always, you can get your first reading anytime. It's great to have a reading around your birthday because we would look at the transits that are coming up for the next year. And we'd say, this is kind of the ups and downs of the coming year. People often come when there's questions or concerns about um, moving house, about um, changing careers, asking for where would they be happiest in careers, and of course, relationships come up. Children are also indicated in the chart. And so it's many, many things that people come, from, come for, um, but those are the things that are most, most commonly. And unfortunately, when there's a big crisis in the life. Mm, when there's okay. a crisis in your life, we can look and see what are the planetary causes and we can start to work on what are the remedies. And often to say when the, the energy is going to change so you'll know when the crisis will abate. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in terms of learning uh, astrology and how to become proficient, what are some of the best ways to learn? Well... You know, I've been thinking about this a lot. There's a lot of information on YouTube you can get, but it's a very complex set of rules that you have to use to know what supersedes what. So it's best to study with a teacher. The fundamentals are the same among most of the teachers that are out there teaching. There's many great books that are out there. Um, 
but to help you understand it, you need to read the chart for an astrologer, like as a beginning astrology student. Um, and then you need them to help you learn to interpret it. So it really is kind of a, a, a teacher-student relationship. Yeah, I assume it's like learning a language. It's got to yeah. be pretty complex. Yeah, it is. And unfortunately, there's no babble for astrology. So. <laughs> there's no cliff notes. No. There's no. no cliff notes. And, and many of the rules are unwritten. And I mean, you know, it was, used to be a very secret science that was only passed down within families. Hmm. And we're lucky. And since the 1990s, there's many great masters in India who have come to the U.S. and the West and are sharing the knowledge with us. Which is yeah. amazing. So how can our listeners contact you for a reading? Oh, that'd be fantastic. It's BillSinclair.com. <laughs> and there's a consultation page there. And they can book and get it all done online. And then we'll have a Zoom session together. And you're usually one hour because I feel over that people get to um, load it up. Mm -hmm. And you said you also have uh, online courses coming up? I do. I am uh, trying to put together my online courses. Um, I have some ideas. I just need to get writing on them. So there's also a newsletter on my website. That's where I'll be announcing the courses in the future. So if you'd like to be kept up to date, just sign up on my newsletter there, and I'll be sending out announcements that way. Well, wonderful. Thank you again for being here. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and thank you to Eric, our lovely producer, KKNW, and our new affiliate, KBKW, the talk of Grace Harbor, as well as you, the listener. Don't forget to subscribe and like our podcast, Go Beyond the Veil, anywhere you can find podcasts. Love the show? Follow us and like us on Facebook and Instagram, and tell your friends. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. You can find me at roryreich.com. Tune in every second Wednesday of each month here on KKNW at 2 to 3 p.m. and on every second Sunday on KBKW at 12 to 1 p.m. For more, go beyond the veil where we, we make, make spiritual, spiritual sense. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. Com. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? 
Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Estera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com.